fucked it lads yeah <laughs> almost 14 million people voted for a government so right-wing that thatcher cabinet ministers were urging people to vote against them led by a racist thick as pig shit narcissist with less empathy than a spoon and it was like a labor loss not a tory win like people just didn't come out for labor the tories got basically the same vote they got in 2017 in 2017 labor got 12,878,000. Highest it's had in decades, but not enough to win then. And instead of building on those monumental gains, we lost. We dropped to 10.2 million. And those people haven't really gone to the Tories. Maybe some of them have. They've not gone to the Lib Dems. They've just gone. They didn't want Labour. In Labour's traditional strongholds, the Red Wall has fallen. Dennis Skinner, the yeah. Beast of Bolsover, gone. Laura Pidcock, gone. The the wife of the Tory who won her seat, Durham Northwest, Durham, right? The wife of the Tory who won was apparently crying because it meant they would have to move to Durham. They thought it was so unlikely they would win that the very news that they won made She's her cry. Weeping, yeah. Oh my god! I know. I didn't know you were going to do this cold open and I feel newly sad by the information. Oh boy. Where did you find out? Where were you for the exit poll? I went straight from work Mm -hmm. to do get out the vote in Bury North, which was lost by about a hundred votes in the rain and cold. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I, I, I left at about nine, half nine. Yeah. to go to Manchester to practice for this Christmas show we've been doing, <laughs> Dougie's Puppets Christmas Carol, which has been great to do because it's like pure comedy escapism. So it's, it's very nice to have like a panto level show to put your mind into when anything else just leaves you with a bit of a numb sadness. Yeah, and it's a wholesome, you know, Christmas Carol's like a wholesome yeah. story and it's our interpretation of it. But any, anyway, so Our Ghost of Christmas Past is a floating milk bottle that emits a white light and that light is triggered by playing a keyboard. It's kind of hard to explain. No, I think that but the, gets it across. But the, 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 so that costume is a bike helmet with this milk bottle, quarter full of liquid on it with like a white LED inside it and then black cloth that goes all the way to my feet. So, you know, it's quite, it's quite dangerous. Can't really see anything. So I, we were rehearsing and I was in that. I'm in like darkness. <laughs> Can't see anything because of this black cloth. And then Jane Edwards just like emits this like grim sigh because we were like, oh, we're just going to focus on. And it was going to be bad because I'd been out in leave seats, mm. which we had. We, we did a live show and you were like, oh, it's, you know, you were quite buoyant about. I think it's also knocking. important to be buoyant. It's important to be buoyant. Yeah, absolutely. Like an, uh, until I'd, I'd 
despair gets nothing done, right? Hope mm. gets shit done. Uh, belief in a in a positive future gets. And done. you can even manually decide you need to be over up. Like you need to almost set yourself up for a fall because you just need to. Optimism is like a it's fuel for the engine. Mm. So you need to like go. I need to feel as positive about this as I'm humanly able because that is going to get me going out more. It's going to get me going, it's, and it's a, a way to like inspire others as well, which is yeah. important. So I sort of allowed. I obviously I'd had those flickers of like uh, oh shit for for weeks, mm-hmm. uh, but I you know tried like you say I tried to manually be hopeful, but I had that. I did have that like, oh shit, this is going to be bad. Uh, and then, yeah, like Jane told me, and I'm in this like complete darkness. And then I briefly, I kind of have to like hold back tears. Mm. Yeah, I'm just kind of stood there. Well, dressed as this kind of milk bottle yeah. ghost. Surrounded by other people with puppets, you yeah. know, with a crow on a stick. Mm. I think I had a brief rant about there's probably going to be riots. Mm. Let's do a riot in with puppets. <laughs> Would the I puppets help or hinder the riot? Yeah, puppet riot. <laughs> um, I mean, that didn't that didn't happen because it's raining. You know, the enemy of the working class, rain, um, and puppets. One of them, really. Yeah, pu- yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> class traitor, rain. Um, but yeah, that's critical that's, support that, for the sun. That's what. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> uh, where were you? Um, so I'd got we'd got back from get out of the vote. Mm. Uh, realized I'd done about seven and a half hours when we got in. I like then suddenly all my like muscles were starting to go. I knew just to guard my brain and emotions, and I had been, but I know the people around me had like definitely some of them were very optimistic. And I would been out with um, like people from the university, like l- at least one of them was like a lecturer, mm. one of them was like a lecturer at the university, an Etonian. Mm coming out to like <laughs> this proper like working class area and try yeah, and talk yeah. to people and that felt like such a a meeting of just meeting of different people trying to mm. talk about politics and i found that just really interesting like i actually did my first bit of board running if you're not aware of canvassing like a vast majority of people are knocking on the doors handing out the leaflets and then one person just has to like write down all the data and it's so hard to get a handle on anything because we did one like clearly very Tory area mm. and then we did one like just a working class area. Mm. And so we got really different things. And I'm really aware we're not even knocking on most of these doors. Mm. I don't fully know what the criteria are for being on this list. Mm. That's opaque to me. Mm. So, you know, you, you have an emotional response to the last two doors <laughs> that yeah, you've got yeah, information yeah, yeah. from, but you can't draw a bigger picture from it. So I'm just there completely stoical, just going, I don't know what any of this is supposed to mean to me. I hope I'm, just hope I'm helping. Mm. And then I got back home, too tired to do any more. So I just played Pokemon Shield. <laughs> I I feel yeah. I feel I'm in my living room. It's two hours until the exit poll, and I feel you used Pokemon as a shield. Yeah, we had a big discussion about whether we should get sword or shield, and we came to the same conclusion of like sword is obviously better than a shield. Right? Oh yeah, it's or, cooler. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. And therefore, the Pokemon that are exclusive to Pokemon Shield are going to be given this. Um, value boost the rare market do you know forces. what i mean that's yeah, what i yeah, mean demand, so yeah. we've gone for shield even though it's i don't want you know this dog that's partially a shield i don't care for <laughs> but, <laughs> but what I, else yeah non-season of legendaries what else is in there well i don't know what oh, I don't, you don't know what the exclusives are. i don't know what the exclusives are. i'd have to play sword yeah, yeah. which i never will yeah yeah <laughs> i've made my bed <laughs> and so i'm playing pokemon and then it just gets like it's me and my girlfriend and it gets to like five two and we're like okay we need to switch on something what are we going to switch on to uh and then we go, okay, we could do BBC. And then we go, no. And then we go, 
Hard no. Channel, Channel 4, and then we go, uh, no. And then we decide to uh, check out the Navara mm, okay. feed. Yeah. It's a bit of a compromised decision. Yeah. They are at that moment streaming the countdown to the exit poll, mm. but they have audio problems. And I think <laughs> they're showing the BBC mm. video and the BBC audio but they've also got maybe the ITV audio overlaid on top of that. Oh so when I saw the exit poll, it was this like cacophony of different noises and hearing it like weird left, right pan. And then, oh, that rush, that rush of feeling. And I think two things happened. One, which I was right, my girlfriend started crying, basically came very close to tears very straight away. Fair, yeah. And that helped me a lot because... I'm quite glad I was under a black cloak when that happened. Mm. If I was on my own, I think I would have started crying straight away. But the presence of someone crying faster than me Mm. means I kind of shore myself up and go, okay, I'm looking Mm. after someone. And actually, it was sort of nicer to be the looker at, look look after her. Yeah. And then I was just like, let's just go to bed. Just went to bed, went to sleep. You know, Mm. when you're overwhelmed, Mm. you just do a stress sleep straight away. Mm. And then because you went to bed like quite early just woke up at like 4am and I said, should we just start trying to watch all of Peep Show? <laughs> <laughs> trying to think of like what what would not set us off in any way. Yeah. I decided it was Peep Show. Peep Show's good. It's, Peep, it holds yeah, up. Peep Show's good. Yeah, I'm quite, I think I prefer being underneath a cloak and yeah. hearing the news gently broken by Jane Edwards. I oh, know, I think com- I'd hate compared that. Because the- I don't know if I could keep my composure and go back into rehearsing. There's part of me that thinks you shouldn't, Jane shouldn't break that. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I asked, I asked, I was oh, like, okay. oh, yeah, I heard the her noise. So I've got flashbacks. Like, oh, I've got flashbacks it, yeah. when I was running the gig. <laughs> yeah. And then one of the acts just decided to look at their phone and go, oh, you know, Nelson Mandela's just died. And then the whole audience was like, <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's really sad. I'm like, yeah, it is really sad. <laughs> We've got like half a gig left to go. Well, they did it on stage. No. Oh, so you said the audience and I got confused. I think I was emceeing yeah, yeah. and then like they were sat at the back and they like did a face and I'm like, I need to know what that is. Oh, you're on stage? I think so. Oh my and God. And I'm like, even more bizarre. something up. Do you know what I mean? Like if someone's mm. looking like sad or re- weird or agitated mm. and it is another act, like I feel like I'm just, just dancing. Yeah, sure. Yeah, wrong. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the that's just died. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. Shit. I would have much rather that information actually could have waited, you know, an hour and a bit. Yeah, not really great stuff for a comedy gig either, is it? And you can't like, oh, like spin that into a funny... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Going to riff on that. Um, yeah, that was like a, a real mood killer. And then now, like, I've been in that state of like, numb, mm. went to sleep really early, woke up, fell asleep again, woke up late. And then I've just had to come to Manchester to do this show I hadn't fully really engaged in my role, but I'm the I'm the ghost of Christmas future and I represent like a dystopian future of everything that can go wrong in the future. And I'm like, I don't need this. <laughs> I don't I don't need this role. Can't I be like the talking sprout or something? Can I be a- and I have to do a monologue of like this future where everything's gone wrong and I'm like, we need to depoliticize this. This has to be like So now the future I've decided I'm from is a future where the whole planet shrunk down to the size of Birmingham. That seems abstracted enough from <laughs> politics for me. Yeah. I think and I don't get I don't get the people that like they've heard the news mm. within minutes they're like, and here's the analysis. Mm. And here's the take. And here's where it all went wrong. Yeah. Here's my grand vision of what what happened there. And I'm like, why are you not crying? 
Yeah. <laughs> Why aren't you crying? What's wrong yeah. with you? You need. You ought to be crying. They gotta now. smash out the content, mate. When does the crying fit into this? Crying analysis? isn't content. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I just. Yeah. I got this like suspicion of people who are like, bang, and here's the take. It's like, where are your tears? Mm. I hadn't slept more than four hours for weeks because I've been working, working yeah. on the Christmas show, comedy stuff, Mando stuff, and obviously campaigning. Yeah. And like, fuck, man. I was in a delirium last night at the Christmas, uh, Christmas Carol show, mm. but felt good. I could tell you were doing that thing where you were just going hard on energy. Yeah. There was a lot of you saying things really loudly that didn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I know this strap. <laughs> I've been that guy. <laughs> but there was so much, like, I know we're all fucking depressed because of, you know, we're, we're, we've joined the global rise of fascism which is very bad and you know probably lost our chance to actually reverse climate change now i know this is good stuff but but so much stuff was inspiring about the last six, six weeks right to feel part of a of a movement I and mean, we were talking about hope seeing hundreds of people desperate not not just desperate, actually, genuinely hopeful that something could change and they could be part of bringing about that change. From all, you know, there's a lot of talk of like, oh, a sect has taken over the Labour Party. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't broad church. You know, there's lots of people from all different kinds of backgrounds and, 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 and different attitudes to, you know, the left uh, were out. You know, people who were you know, classic Blairites, I encountered some of them out to people who I know are communists and anarchists mm. uh, going out in the rain, in the I cold, I think it's incredible in being with people who are like, I think we need to smash the state. I don't think parliamentary politics is a route towards creating the kind of society that we need. Mm. And yet they're out in the fucking rain, knocking on every door. And this isn't doesn't even conform. Like they have made such a huge compromise to mm. be here because mm. in their own minds this isn't, this isn't the right way to go, but it can save lives if this comes through. Yeah, yeah. Like and I think got, I think it's a really interesting thing of you know the kind of um, the, the project is, that Corbyn is an individualized expression of because it was the only opportunity for it to come about. Mm-hmm. Is this accusation of like, oh, it's a sect, it's this ideological project, this fearsome devotion to Marxism, and it's like, well, it's, it's, it's such a broad really, church. Though, it's really not. There, it's, it's a massive yeah. broad church. It's. I, I'm not some like Labour hardcore guy. Neither not, you're not, are you? Mm. Basically, Labour is our tactical vote, and we were helping to. It, it's our it's our thing that is much better than anything else, and we have the biggest opportunity to bring it about. Yeah, yeah. I'm not of the view that parliamentary politics is, you know, this this opportunity for like liberation, you know, genuine socialism, any of that. I'm under no illusions about any of that, but I do understand that we were fighting against resurgent fascism and that's the thing right that this is why it's fucked this is what this is this is like one of the reasons one of the many reasons why people are so upset is because this vote this time it feels like people have voted for a resurgent vicious right people who have become seen as moderate like you know ken clark or whoever Mm -hmm. who were key architects of some really horrific shit that was regarded as a massive lurch to the right decades ago Mm -hmm. and now regarded as moderates and all these all these Tory MPs that are like signed up to support Johnson's Brexit deal are on the right. They're on the hard, hard right. P- 
people haven't left Labour for centrism. I mean, ask how the Liberal Democrats do. Every centrist MP who defected from Labour or the Tories lost their seat, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe Swinson's fucking gone. What little joy you can take in that. They, they've gone. What's depressing is, is it feels like the country has lurched. At least 14 million people have been taken in and enthusiastically voted for something truly disturbing. I mean, I'm not saying that's not like my final. I'm saying that's one of the initial depressing things. I'm not saying it's true that 14 million people are fascists or anything. Like that. I'm but not you, saying it's that. so yeah. like, yeah, I've had that glimmer of like the glimmers of anger and hopelessness have come from mm. the people that voted for the Tory party, mm. the people whose doors I've knocked on who voted for the Tory party. Mm. And I can see where they live and what's around them. I know, mm, yeah, I yeah, know yeah. I've walked through their community. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, you think this is the people, yeah. what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. But I would say, I think my glimmer of hope comes mm. from the fact that, you know, so before Corbyn, mm. I wasn't one of those Miliband compromise people. I just had no, no time for the Miliband no. labor. Yeah, controls on immigration chiseled into a rock. Fuck that. Yeah. yeah. And that was when I was just looking further afield for like other stuff to do. And I, in becoming radical, like before that time and around that time, mm. of being like, no, I get it. Like Westminster parliamentary politics, the media parliament industrial complex mm. is not going to allow leftism through. Mm. I know that. And we need to think beyond this simple parliamentary democracy for how the outcomes of leftism can be realized in mm. some way. Mm. And then Corbyn comes along. Okay, so I will lend this my support on elections, mm. whatever this can do. Mm. And actually what it can do, even though, yes, it was right, the media, mm. the hegemony mm. power will not allow leftism to happen. No. But if you just view the Corbyn Labour movement mm. as a recruitment drive to bring randos into the <laughs> left. Yeah, 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 yeah. Greater than anything you could do on a mass movement in Britain in any other way. Mm. Because not only did it put them on the left and get them thinking about left ideas, even mm. if only superficially, mm. they became part of the left the moment mm. they got ruthlessly attacked. <laughs> do you know what yeah, I imagine? Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. like um, a 45-year-old mum. Mm. And someone goes, we're going to put more money in the NHS and we're going to help shore up some of these things you rely mm. on. And they're like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll be a part of that. Mm. Oh, I can deliver a few leaflets. Mm. You're just a normal person as far mm. as you see. Mm. And then you're seeing implications that you're part of a thug cult. Mm. You're like, hang on, I'm just a, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just a, like a normal woman. I live in Warrington. I haven't done anything. I'm putting a few leaflets through. Yeah. And then suddenly... You see in the papers that you're like an insane, deranged ideologue yeah. and who's been taken in by a magic grandpa personality cult. Yeah. And you try talking to certain yeah. people in your community about that and going, am I really sort of in the mad? And then people in your community that you thought you were on the level with are going, yeah, you are mad. You're going to send us back to the 1970s. You're like, yeah. am, I, am I? Is that what Maybe. I'm trying to do? Yeah. <laughs> like, like being part of the left isn't just about having a positive conception. I think being part of the left is also being absolutely abused. There is no greater way of explaining power structures than that. Than experiencing them. Yeah. I can, yeah. I can sit you down and go, oh, do you want to read some Gramsci? And people go, no. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, do you want to believe in like a very mild social democracy and be absolutely monstered across all mainstream media? That will place you in a degree of lived understanding that reading can't quite compete with. Yeah. And I think even more people realise this, this election 
the characterization of like momentum thugs and 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 all that kind of stuff of just you know yeah. people Th- thuggishly getting beaten up. I mean, and even some of that came from the parliamentary Labour Party. Remember, right? Mm-hmm. Of uh, you know people who've characterized momentum uh, and just activists who their vote depends on as you know thugs or cultists. Yeah, part people in the parliamentary Labour Party constantly briefing against their elected leader and people in the ostensibly left-wing press like the guardian the new statesman yeah are, are doing the same and then going oh look the thing we said over and over again is being said back to us on the doors mm. oops guess that's corbyn's fault <laughs> i mean i'd say uh, that oops doesn't there's yeah. no oops <laughs> I would have loved an oops. <laughs> Even yeah. an oops. No mere yeah, culpa. No, no I'm sorry, no, I won't do it again. Yeah. Even just whoops. Or even, oh, did I do that? Yeah, yeah. You know, people going, oh, I won't vote for Corbyn because he's going to nationalise my shed mm. or he's going to make the Queen join Hamas. So doorstepping, I think you've got to sort of be guarded because I think a lot of people feel like they've they've gained this immense amount of folk wisdom from doorstepping, whereas doorstepping actually... Oh, yeah, absolutely fuck. Yeah, like yeah, I've heard yeah. this real fetishization of the doorstepping. The PLP and I, and I, love it. And I, and I keep reading articles that no, are like, no, 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 yeah, <laughs> I was yeah, as a doorstepper, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. yes, you've been sent to a random grouping of houses. Yeah, that's only like, boomers, no yeah. one younger than... Yeah, yeah you've yeah, been yeah, sent to yeah. a random grouping of houses. It's already compiled by a system you don't understand. <laughs> And you've spoken to only the kind of person that'll get into a convo with someone on the doorstep. Yeah. I'd never get into a convo with anyone on the doorstep. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm just I'm just not going to do that. Yeah. So there's whole dem- demographics you can't even speak to, like people who don't open the fucking door. And now you think you've tapped into something. You haven't really. And I also think that human behavior is more complicated than that. And it's more mm. complicated than the things they're actually going to tell you on yeah. the doorstep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, nevertheless, beyond that, you are getting something because... Uh, it sort of works two ways. Mm. Like the only way that Labour can communicate its message is that you send individuals to every person's front door in the whole country. Mm. Can you imagine if that's the way you just have to do democracy? Yeah, that's the only, the only way, way you can of convey getting your message across. Is if you send an individual to every mm. possible like structure in the mm. whole country, knock on the door and then explain yourself. Well, and it's not even that. It's like that's the way you communicate for information. But when you knock on the door, they have already had a negative framing of the, what anything you could say to them yeah. fed into them but, through their tv through their phone my point is it goes both ways actually because the only way really to get that feedback which isn't similarly distorted mm. people online onlineness is so distorting even of itself yeah because yeah a lot of people are not happy with mainly the leadership yeah yeah, yeah. and we'll talk about it in a second but yeah. like it's still courteous. Mm. It was a real degree of courtesy that I wasn't expecting. Mm. But even the people that were seemingly very furious, mm. they're not rude. Mm. A lot of people just say leadership. Mm. It's a floating signifier. Mm. It doesn't mean anything specific. I don't like Corbyn. <laughs> every every tactic you try on that, you learn nothing about what that statement means. Mm. You learn nothing about what qualities they do or don't like. Mm. You know, you can't win an argument by going, You've been brainwashed you to someone. Yeah, you you can't, can't win an argument. You've you got know. to do this kind of Socratic thing of going, go, why? What yeah. qualities do you like? What do you like about? Yeah. What do you like about whoever you do like? Um, the two reasons Labour lost, two short term reasons Labour lost, are the unpopularity of Corbyn and the change, the different Brexit policy, which you got to remember, Labour was pushed into changing by Keir Starmer specifically at the end of 2018. And by the so-called moderates, the same people who now 
now are already blaming the left for this. The 20 points ahead, if only we backed Remain crowd. Instead of the manifesto having the positive effect it did last time, um, it and I think there were perhaps flaws on the messaging of the manifesto, but remember like all the poll, you know, like YouGov, which is the Tory poll, shows that Labour's policies are yeah, really, manifesto, really popular. There's no data to support that the manifesto was in any way responsible for the abandonment of the Labour Party. Yeah, well, no, the, the, all the stuff, the investment, the nationalisation, the abandonment of austerity, uh, redistribution, all of that stuff is popular when yeah. polled separated from Corbyn. Yeah. So the strategy became... We ha- we discredit Corbyn even more. We yeah. we monster him even more um, than we did in 2017, and you know that that was really really effective because you didn't get the same discussion of the policies and it couldn't cut through. So Corbyn, beca- the, the the media image of Corbyn, not the reality of Corbyn, who's this like almost reluctant just coincidental vessel for like a people crying yeah. out, crying out, you know, years of, of uh, warmongering, like mm. a Labour government that was um, stopping the UN from banning cluster bombs, a Labour government that under the Nuremberg trials, you know, that uh, an act of aggression in war was the highest international crime and they would all be hanged by international law, right? A Labour government that was extraditing people to Guantanamo Bay, that after that, and a, and a generation of people that came up with that betrayal and years of austerity that Labour hadn't, challenged on any level you know morally or economically they just accepted it they accepted its moral and economic premises that there were people crying out for not even socialism just basic social democracy and this one guy who's devoted his life to fighting against wars fight fighting for the many Mm. what you could put it just happened to be the guy that was there that was the guy that you could vote for that would make that Labour's policy platform Mm. again that's not a cult. And he didn't want to. Do you know, he didn't, like, yeah. we've both read, like, Alex Nunn's The yeah, Candidate, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. He didn't really want it, and he was just, like, happened to be there. And also, like, there's loads to say about Corbyn. A lot of it's kind of boring. But, like, the one thing I'll say is, can you imagine someone who who is less plausibly the centre of a cult of personality? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you, yeah, yeah, if you yeah. could think of any type of person who'd be like, that person can't possibly be the center of a court of personality. Yeah. He's someone that you ask a question to, and then he slowly smacks his lips and gives a long, nuanced answer that you need to listen to. And people say <laughs> that's one of his flaws. Yeah, yeah, but the yeah. idea that he's this like ringleader of Demagogue. a massive court. Yeah, he's yeah. like dull. Yeah. He's boring to listen yeah. to. Like, I think people have gotten confused online because the people love doing the whole Papa Corbin, I love you, Corbin, because he is so kind of viscerally dull yeah. that it is funny. Yeah, they don't <laughs> understand irony. It's yeah. funny to do that. But like, it's too- the idea that this guy is the ringleader of a cult of personality, that they're, they're, they're responding to him. Yeah. No one's responding to him. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's too, it's, it's, they it, like him because he is there off of what, he, what the offer is. These people don't understand like irony of yeah. the fact that we've seen them going, oh, you're all a cult. And then us going, yeah, Corbyn. <laughs> like, they don't understand yeah. that, that like we might be intentionally winding them up. For because of like the sheer absurdity that this yeah, character of all people is the head of a cult. Yeah. But that's the funny thing is that like they're going, their reaction to it is like, oh, but that's absurd. You know, this guy's got all his thoughts. And then it's like, yeah. yes, that's why it's funny. Yeah. You fucking idiots. You've got all but, the premises of the joke. You've just chosen not to find it funny. But then, <laughs> <laughs> but 
no choose is charitable um and then the second element is projection of like they think politics they have a very different conception of politics than us. Politics they- is choosing what colour you want your car to be. So the idea that anything beyond the superficial enjoyment of how this person talks well, the leader, could you motivate know, anyone. The idea, yeah, the idea that uh, I, you know, we need a charismatic leader. They're, yeah. they're like they think that politics is a char- you know a charismatic leader and choosing a leader. They don't see it as anything beyond that. They don't understand movements because they've yeah they're not. And there is no way of getting beyond. It's not about Corbyn like. It doesn't matter who's doing it. Like it would, the same thing would happen to someone else. But also, the fucking Blair purged the Labour Party of anyone who could possibly offer that. Yeah. So that's when you know when they challenged him, they didn't challenge him. But you know the the, the coup after the referendum mm-hmm. with Owen Owen Smith, you know who wanted to fucking uh, revoke Article Fifty. I wonder mm-hmm. how that would have gone down electorally, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Brexit would have happened in twenty seventeen. There's no fucking count. Basically, there's Diane Abbott, John McDonnell, and Jeremy Corbyn mm-hmm. were what was left of the Labour Party after a 20-year project that rooted them out mm-hmm. and, and and ruthlessly uh, inserted their candidates wherever they could into... Because that, that's... that's that If you want to get to... Obviously, right? Okay, we, we accept, and everyone knows, I think now, that the media is so hostile. Like, they did Miliband on how we ate a bacon butty, yeah. right? They're, they're, they're going to go after anyone. You don't go, okay, so how is the strategy to appease this monster by giving it a thing it wants? No, no, <laughs> right? It's it's how do we bypass that? And that's really, really hard to figure out because as Sean's saying, just literally manually going on knocking on doors. We've, we did that on a massive scale and it's, and, it, and, it, and it's not enough. But if you want to criticize Corbyn, it's kind of lack of ruthlessness both in media performance and in political strategy within the party. You know, he had chances to like absolutely wreck Johnson either in debates or outside it. And he was too much of his, you know, it's it's his flaws of like, the reason people like him is he is unlike other politicians. Mm. You know, it's a double-edged sword thing of, you know, we like him because he's not ruthless. But then he he is he is insufficiently ruthless for politics. Also, so both in rhetoric, you know, he won't he won't go on the attack on Johnson, and that it wasn't. I know it's like a moral high ground, but I don't think it was working. He the the movement of which he was an expression was begging for him to achieve hegemony on the party, mm. right? Uh, years of the parliamentary Labour Party undermining the leadership has it makes him look weak. And that that is a thing, you know, the idea of weakness, his, 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 uh, he, the idea of Corbyn as weak is, yeah, it's his considered thing, his nuanced thing. And yeah, okay, part of it's from like racists who don't think he's, they think patriotism means loving war and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But also his, you know, the ambiguous nuanced Brexit position uh, that, uh, that fucked Labour over, um, that we were baited into by the sort of Remainers, that, that, you know, comes across as weakness. It's all characterised as weakness. Mm. And I do think that is a legitimate criticism of Corbyn is that, and this is going to sound crazy, but the problem with Corbyn isn't that he was a Stalinist. It's that he was insufficiently Stalinist. This is what I'm going to say. It's like, I have no like major criticisms of what our strategy was. There were loads of things that could be better. Loads and loads and loads of things could be better, but nothing in particular where I'd be like, that's the thing that lost it for us. Mm. There was like sort of an impossible situation. And, and and I know it's sort of a cop out to be like, well, surely if you lost, you did something wrong. Well, yeah, yeah. you don't always have to have done something any major wrong if you were put into an impossible situation. Mm. Triangulating on Brexit just was 
like square in the circle mm. and then the media monstering was like ramped up to 110 yeah um it was good to have tried the corbin thing it was good to give someone out who you'd be like you know like how could they possibly monster this kindly old guy who's been advocating against anti-racism and like putting in the good work on the right side of everything on the right side of everything you'd be thinking how could this one go wrong so it made loads of sense and i don't think we should be regret regretting that but Mm. now that we have done that let's just get someone fucking ruthless in yeah let's just go the other way and just just get someone that plays the game because previously under corbyn i was thinking if you got someone in who was like wildly charismatic all this cult of personality stuff was actually going to start sticking mm. because they're projecting it onto someone who who would be like that. But if you get <laughs> yeah. someone on who actually is, mm. they'd be like, now that stuff will stick and it will co- cohere and make sense. And mm. it'll at least partially be true because that's the whole point of getting a charismatic personality is because they come for the charisma mm. of who's this exciting, dynamic person I'm now seeing on the mm. TV. That is the whole point of having mm. such a leader. So that criticism now won't just stick. It will be true. Yeah. But we've also been criticised. I mean, Corbyn's been criticised for everything and the contradiction of that thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that at least someone ruthless for the left isn't an appeasement to the media monster. Mm. But, but and it would appear it would appear consistent as well. Like, you know, we, we talk about Corbyn as like having these values, but he didn't actually relentlessly defend them in the party. He kept continuously appeasing the Labour right, who would yeah. never, and they would just, they wouldn't ever reward him. His first cabinet, he filled it with broad church people. Yeah. And then they got the knives out on him real quick, you know, like on Syria. I feel like he just didn't Hillary have ben. that option in his toolkit of just... He didn't that even is think the of final it. Straw. He wouldn't even yeah, think of it. He didn't have that final straw moment for anyone. No, he had defied uh, just a few months ago. I know Tom Watson went. Yeah. But Landsman at least started to get ruthless and was like, oh, we need to fuck this guy off. Yeah. And then bottled it because Corbyn, you know, backed off. But that mm. should have been done in 2015. It's what blared it. You know, we were all like, um, there's a lot of like, ooh. Uh, in the sort of centrist press, there's a lot of like reification of Blair and Blair's the only Labour leader that's won in 45 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, but like if we take analysis of what Blair did, you're, say, you're saying you think it's just like charisma and hating immigrants or something, right? But it's not, you have to do it's a not, massive back-end purge. Yeah, you, you have got to- You need to, to man- be yeah. sending round like an army of whips. Mm. You need like, that's the Stalinist approach that Corbyn was criticised for, but he lost he didn't, because did he it. didn't adopt it. Yeah, he lost because he didn't do the very thing you criticised him for. So now when we do it, you won't have that criticism to make because you've just used it on someone it doesn't apply to. <laughs> yeah. And just just to clarify, like we're saying Stalinism, but to mean ruthless pursuit of political aims, uh, you know, like achieving control of a party. Like one of Corbyn's aims was democratizing the party, which he failed to do. Like if we if we'd done that, the PLP would have to answer to the membership, and it, and wouldn't need to be disciplined from the top, but would have to answer to the membership rather than see them as leaflet deliverers. They don't have to pay. Poor media performance is probably even in even in the context of like a horrible media. I think is a, is a legitimate thing, but that's there because that's we knew that about Corbyn. No, no one has a cult. But certainly us two don't about Corbyn beyond like it was a transactional relationship transactional relationship right I wanted something from this guy and he was offering it no one else was offering it yeah and remember like the Labour Party under Corbyn has become the biggest left-wing party in Europe when all the others have been in complete decline across the entire continent like the last centrist that's like one was Macron in France Mm -hmm. who now has 
he's like, it was deeply, deeply unpopular and has fascists polling higher than him. And he only won because he was against the fascists. So it was just pure, t- it wasn't, no one voted for Macron out of enthusiasm. Yeah. Right. He was if Hillary would have won. Yes, he's yeah. what if Hillary would have won, right? And Corbyn represents this huge half a million member movement. And again, that's where we can get valid criticisms of, yeah, you know, hundreds of people were out on the doors this election and that's completely inspiring. But we, we, where Labour, I'm saying we here because I'm still in that like mode of like it's election so, mode. But, you, yeah, yeah. I found that yeah, so much that yeah. like me and you have been making this podcast mm. and the more the elections approach, the more I've started identifying with Labour because I, I have to. Yeah, now, this isn't right? a Labour podcast. And, yeah. and, and, and it's, yeah, right. But yeah. like, but my brain started going that way just because I was being so absorbed in it. I The stuff I normally tweet is normally just, you know, the radical politics I hold. Mm. And then suddenly around the election, I'm like, oh, that's a bit too far. Should I rein that bit in? <laughs> Even during like putting yeah. out the podcast, I'm like, is this what I say in a stuff that's, is it, how does this all help the campaign? I'm like really narrow-minded in this. Yeah. And I think that's fine. Like I'm not yeah, critical yeah, yeah, of myself yeah, yeah, for yeah. it. I had a very specific goal that I thought was of the utmost importance. Yeah, for the last month Everyone and I know and love. So it's yeah. fair enough that I rein myself in. But now Same. suddenly I'm like, oh yeah, of course. I do like think that Westminster politics is never going to be the, it's like what I'm saying about the recruitment drive, like the future of the left, mm. the reason it didn't work out, mm. media monstering went beyond what I thought the maximum limits for it were. It just got ramped up and not just monstering, just like nothing now made sense that what was on TV just didn't correspond to what was happening. By the end of the election, Boris Johnson was trusted on the NHS more yeah, than Corbyn. Exactly. If you actually look at what these two men have done is bonker town mm-hmm. your bonker bucket is full to the brim right yeah. it's sloshing over it's sloshing my bonker over. cup overfloweth <laughs> um, it, that is not a reflection of reality but so it felt like we were being trolled on so just go to go back to the emotional experience of the election yeah. right it felt completely increasingly bizarre to see the whole media constantly telling you the reverse of what you knew to be the truth and and then and sticking stuff like the idea that the the kid in Leeds that Leeds hospital was like a mm. faked thing by labor yeah. what but that was every that was everywhere yeah. loads of people got that in their brains the, the, and like the punching a-, a labor activist apparently punched one of Matt Hancock's goons yeah no, it didn't happen, but it was everywhere. It oh, was I mean, everywhere. The, the election was like football punch drunk with lies that reached 5 million people and small apologies that reached 100,000. Yeah. yeah, but what that was doing to my mental health, right? Was, yeah. that, was that doing you in? It was so stressful because you're already anxious and stressed because you're like, this is the fight for our lives. Mm. And then you see the media just going, because that's why people so fiercely were getting really, really angry is it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. God, what what the hell what the heck are you doing? So, well I'm going to try and link it because I think media monstering and the Brexit yeah, okay. were like the two major factors in my mind. But their yeah. relationship mm. Brexit is like the tip of a upcoming culture war, right? Oh, we're we're in it. But I mean yeah. it, it you know, when the iceberg of the culture war hit the Titanic of our country. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah, the yeah, the yeah. iceberg is how it forced its way and Brexit became like the prism through which the culture war reflected light into every violent colour you can imagine. Yeah. Walking around canvassing, you are suddenly like got your like they live goggles on and you're now looking at houses and communities Mm. strictly and solely through the prism of politics Mm. and social division. Mm. And when people come out 
and they're talking about Brexit, the Brexit stuff cuts through my predictions of how people would vote based on what I can see as their material circumstance. Mm. Material circumstance, once you start having a culture war, your material circumstances stops being one of your main predictors mm. for uh, how you would vote and what your politics are because you start identifying with something really abstract and cultural, mm. not just, oh, I'd like there to be like shops nearby and a job that will provide my family mm. and a hospital I can go to. You start thinking, oh, I'm like a true Briton or whatever that means. You, The media feeds into that because when the media stops corresponding that clearly to like, the material reality as well mm. because the media helps lean into this idea of culture the fact that we have um remembrance day i don't know if that's the right line to choose but like once the media isn't giving people clear facts and people end up confused they end up they don't know what's in the manifestos they don't know what's being promised to them they just have these sort of cultural ideas to work off mm. and so brexit and the lack of clear dissemination of clear ideas mm. means that people are corresponding their votes not to just, oh, I'd like more money, oh, I'd like more resources, or I want my living conditions to be better. Mm. They're voting based on this very cultural thing, and that's the hard thing to break through. I would... I would... I would go as simply as where we fucked it was in leave voting seats. Yeah. And but isn't that but there's a there's a there's a precursor to that in in the diagnosis of what are so many working class seats doing voting leave that's already Yeah, an well, issue that's what I'm to about to explain and, and I don't I would not emphasize the media as you have. I would take a completely different angle. Okay. Right. So where Labour's collapsed in its traditional heartlands is in where people voted leave. Yeah. And that's what's changed. You know, if you were, if you were, uh, compare 2017 to this election, this was the election Theresa May wanted. Theresa May. Yeah. We might crush the saboteurs, Daily Mail front page, right? Yeah. What she wanted in 2017 was she expected Labour to back remain because two thirds of Labour's membership and the vast majority of Labour's voters are remain voters because she knew that under the first-past-the-post system, leave would smash it. Mm -hmm. That didn't work, mm -hmm. and it didn't work because of the strength of the leadership at that time. As much as we can have all these other criticisms, they went, we'll honour the referendum, right? Yeah. Completely nixed it. The debate has to become about something else, Yeah. right? The debate has to become about all the great stuff that was in the 2017 manifesto, Yeah. right? You know, the, the manifesto is the same this time, but it didn't work because our Brexit policy was shit. It was ambiguous. And we yeah. abandoned those people, right? And as much as the, certainly the Labour right, the PLP are now going to characterise that the reason those people uh, voted Tory and the reason they voted Leave is because they hate immigrants, right? They're going to try and launder their like racism through them, as we've yeah. talked about in Phantom Gammon, right? Yeah. It wasn't, you know, take people at what face value. The, the, the big thing people said when they voted Leave was stuff about sovereignty, yeah. right? And people, that's true. That's true, right? And they voted for a thing. They voted to bring back power toward them away from an economic block. And they did They do, did and do understand that, right? Okay. Perceiving the European Union as undemocratic and distant isn't part of a culture war. That's, that's true. And then the Labour Party basically was seen as two things, weak and betraying that. Mm -hmm. It was, it didn't become a Remain party, but it was perceived as a Remain party by these people and characterised as such by the media. Well, totally second, correct. second ref is yeah. 
has has been a, a Remain stance for yeah. a very long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know the last time that Labour was polling ahead of the Tories? January 2019, a few days before we first proposed a second referendum. Obviously, it was voted down. But from then, that's when we started to collapse, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's And I know, you know, but it's I can see why they did what they did because they were going, oh shit, most of our voters have Remain. Yeah, on a first-past-the-post system, we're fucked by the Leave vote but maybe this ambiguous, maybe this central position to reunite the country because the country is bitterly divided by the culture what you just described. Mm-hmm. That compromised position was born out of, we're fucked if we go leave again, we're fucked if we go hard remain. Mm-hmm. And the problem is they went ambiguous, appeared to have, again, that feeds into Corbyn's a weak leader, Corbyn's a bad leader, the ambiguity. Yeah. yeah. Corbyn is viewed as a weak leader primarily in the leave areas because yeah. he's weak on, guess what? Brexit, yeah. right? And those two things are like interlinked. But why? Go back to why the leave vote happened. The leave vote corresponds directly, it correlates with the impact of austerity, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's one thing. The second thing is that we could not, in a few years, recoup the losses. Like labor has atrophied in these traditional areas since 1997. Mm-hmm. We couldn't reverse two decades of people not trusting politicians, thinking the Labour Party doesn't represent them anymore and feeling totally disconnected. We couldn't reverse that. Again, I'm saying we, but I'm going to keep doing it for shorthand, right? Mm-hmm. In four years. Do you know when we're talking about like people sort of duping you and going, oh, I'm Labour to my bone, but I haven't outvoted for them in a very long time. Well, they're not being duplicitous. I think they still identify as Labour. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like the identity of Labour cut so much to the heart of the working classness in that area that it's almost divorced from what the Labour Party is. I'm Labour because I'm working class and I live in the North. Well, yeah, fine. Uh, (laughs) Uh, It's kind of, yeah, it's amazing that people, inspired people from the cities are going out to these areas in their hundreds to canvas. But obviously it would be preferable if hundreds of people from that constituency were out to canvas. The complete decimation, and it is a bit of a generational thing, right? Because mm-hmm. young people leave these areas. You know, as I am from North Wales, right? It went, it went Tory, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Vale Cluid, um, leave to go to uni or to fight to to go where the work is, right? So they're in the cities, and that's where Labour does well. And that actually is a working class vote. A working class vote isn't a fifty-five-year-old shoemaker or what? You know, whatever mm-hmm. the fuck. It's also like a twenty-one-year-old barista, right? Yeah. Um, but. The, the movement was decimated by Thatcherism. The Labour movement, which people would have that tribal connection to, was completely decimated, tactically by Thatcher, mm-hmm. right? That government completely eviscerated the, you know, so think, think, think of these communities, right? And, and how everything would revolve around the union and the, the working men's clubs and the, mm-hmm. the, 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 it would be the hub of the community. It's not just, it's almost apolitical, but it's where the comedy club would be. Yeah. It's where... Uh, you know, there might be a jazz band on, you know, yeah. for, you know, going back decades now, right? That was completely decimated. That's gone, mm-hmm. right? And the kind of amazing stuff that's been done by momentum, you know, the the, the ideological thugs, right? Yeah. They've done amazing stuff, like particularly Manchester momentum of, of you know, putting on plays, got, you know, football yeah. stuff and, and stuff that's like rebuilds this sense of community and that, that like almost, almost tri- tribalism, yeah. Right in a in a positive in a positive way, we no longer have that in these communities. We had the echo of it, right from mm-hmm. from from the decade after Thatcher, but it was 
there was a chance to rebuild it with Blair after the landslide in 1997. But mm -hmm. every election, 97, 2001, 2005, 2010, they lost millions. It mm -hmm. went from like pushing 14 million, the, the landslide in 97, to what, like 9 million or something uh, when Brown lost. And it was, and it was, those people in those communities, that's where it, it, it was, it was already creeping away then. Mm -hmm. How we get that back is the future of the left. So this is something else I've been thinking, which is that tactical destruction of the labor communities, those community hubs. I think there was a real emphasis um, on this manifesto will bring you in because this will give you the life that you want, but it, it's not enough to roll back that damage. It's a retail so, offer. It's not, yeah. a, that's not yeah, how yeah, politics yeah, yeah, works. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So what needs to happen is, you know, the same strategy of we have this underneath our offer of what we are, again, I'm now using we, but underneath whatever the retail offer is of mm. here's what you can get, there is a, a, an attempt to use momentum, use a grassroots movement mm. to, with this strategy of rebuild these communities, create community. Mm. And if community can exist, if solidarity can exist, or even, you know, uh, uh, an attempt to create some of the uh, desired outcomes of the left outside of the parliamentary system, mm. with those outcomes being uh, solidarity, community building, collective organisation, mutual aid. Yeah, for, I mean, the the essence of this is, do you know what should have happened after 2010? The Labour Party should have been running the food banks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That the, kind of thing. The 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 move. Labour Party is a, should be a movement. It'd be a Labour movement, a movement on the left. And if it wants to succeed, the way to bypass this media that's never going to be on our side. Uh, by an hour, I mean not Labour Party, the working class, right? Yeah. Is to build that counterpower in those communities, and it's going to have to be different. But you know what? Manchester momentum, the best momentum has done amazing things in Manchester, but they wouldn't necessarily work in Bolsover. You know, maybe, maybe you've got an, an older, you know, maybe you need to have yeah. like a backgammon club or something. I don't know, right? But you, so you need to calibrate for but the community. Confusing... But it needs to be working class culture. Working yeah. class culture is the route to the success of successful working class politics. Great. That's good. That's what we need. We need a new working class culture that brings people together. That's the project. How do you do that? I haven't got the answers, but I know that's what we need. Mm -hmm. I know that's what we need is to rebuild the connection with these communities. And that's, that is why we lost is because these people feel like they have no connection to politics. They couldn't believe. And again, they've not, they've not flipped and voted Tory. The Tory vote from 2017 is the same as it is they've now, just right? Gone. They've just gone from us. There's going to be some people who flipped, right? I know they've done it over Brexit because they feel betrayed yeah. 100%. But they've been allowed to feel betrayed because they have been betrayed, yeah. not just by Corbyn on the leave vote, but by the Labour Party going on decades and the, a legitimate criticism of, of Corbyn and this Labour Party is they did not rekindle that. Mm -hmm. That was the promise in 2015, million member movement, bring back working class culture. And there's been attempts to do it, but it's failed. And that's, that is how we win. And building that will be, you know, the sense of solidarity we had in these last few weeks. If that was a part of your day-to-day -day life. Yeah, that would feel good. And also it creates a place for a project for people to get involved in. People who are sick of politics right now with a capital P yep. to get involved in a project that would improve the country that feels apolitical and will bring solid rewards just by virtue of having done it. Yeah.
And this, by the way, is why we do not now allow the centrists the Labour right to gain any fucking ground, because this is their fault. The new Labour project abandoned the working class. They are the reason these people think they can't trust politicians. They are the reason that people may not have even thought they deserved Corbyn's manifesto this time. They thought it couldn't happen, it couldn't be real, right? They are the people who after 1997 had a unique opportunity to rebuild working class culture and reintroduce universalism and dismantle Thatcherism but they didn't they continued it unemployment never went below 4% in order to discipline the working class that Labour government the new Labour government destroyed hope uh, and it continued Thatcherism and yes it did a whole bunch of other stuff in terms of reducing child poverty and the minimum wage and all those great things right which would be, we'd be better off with now I completely concede that and I'm not blaming the Blairites to excuse Corbynism like we've, we've said I've said earlier the limitations of Corbynism I'm just putting this in a long term context right but none of the stuff they put in radically undermined Thatcherism so the frame everyone's still in is the still what Thatcher achieved Thatcher waged a class war and fucking won. And just because the Labour Party only started fighting back since 2015 and done so insufficiently, they are my criticisms of Corbynism. We have not fought the class war properly. The leadership has been weak and has not fought hard enough for the left against the people who would block it inside the Parliamentary Labour Party, the people who are to blame for these problems, who had 13 years of power to fix them and instead made them worse and whose greatest victories, unlike Attlee's NHS, were easily reversed as soon as a Conservative government got back in. We cannot let these people go back in control because what their argument is, is we need retail politics. We need a charismatic leader that, you know, hates immigration enough mm -hmm. um, and we need to roll back our offers. But do you know what? That's the reason we have a resurgent right. Everything we're reaping now are the seeds sown by Thatcher and further nourished by Blair. Anti-immigration rhetoric, the, the decimation of working class culture, the abandonment of universalism as a principle, right? We cannot give any ground to these fucks. We can learn from the mistakes we've made. We've 100% made mistakes. and But the, the, the solution to where we are now is not a retreat to the politics that gave it to us, that gave us these problems. Because they're going to try. They're going to shift from blaming Corbyn to blaming the manifesto, to blaming the activists, thousands of people enthused by a message of real hope. They're going to attack us, the thousands of people that mobilised in the last few weeks to fight tooth and nail for a radical government, a Labour government they hoped would finally act on some of the horrible problems that plague this country. The so-called moderates in the PLP, the writers in The Guardian, the New Statesman, are going to take this tragic election loss, which was lost because Labour adopted the Brexit policy they wanted, which was lost because of the pantomime villain mirage of Corbyn they painted, are going to attack us. As we weep, they smile. Even though the Lib Dems tanked, even though every centrist defector from Labour and the Tories lost, the argument's going to be, we must return to the centre. This is, unfortunately, the difference between us and them. We're on the ropes and they're coming for us. And they know now is the time to punch, but they've got no solutions. They have nothing to challenge the rise of fascism other than throwing immigrants under the bus. Yeah, we lost, we fucked it. But empty centrism, the reanimated corpse of Blairism, disconnected from people in Durham and Bolsover is not how we win. So that's good, right? Because that means there's a roadmap. Yeah. Like to be able to understand what's happened and understand, I think 
people may be divided about whether or not we should be critical of what's just happened. But if we couldn't criticize it, then then that's hopelessness. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. If yeah, nothing yeah. went wrong and we still failed, then fucking hell. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But there are there are things that could be better, and there are things that can be better in the future. And right now, things look grim as fuck. But understanding how they could be better is I mean, that's the hope that's always driven the left. Yeah. And understanding how and why and what it would be for things to be better than this. Just do stuff. Do stuff together, right? Go to comedy. <laughs> community, <laughs> I think. Community. Rebuild, re- rebuild a community. Do do anything. Dungeons and Dragons. Five aside. Make a group WhatsApp for your street. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about that because the thoughts about building a community, I and this maybe should be another episode, mm. but like thinking about plausible reasons to spend time with people on your street. I don't know anyone on my fucking street. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And there are loads of reasons why I would have done in the past. I used to live in Sheffield, Hallamshire. Mm. I lived next to an old working man's club. Mm. It was only really attended by the bowls club. Mm. And the management didn't know how to put things on that would make people come to it. It was just rip off Paul McKenna psychics <laughs> occasionally the wrestling or a Duran Duran tribute band no one in my student like majority student borough of Sheffield is going to come to any of that but it's a massive beautiful old hall mm. and it's just there it's just there these buildings are all still we everywhere we could have gone into it and done something but what that is the question that we can think of when we are sick of politics and spend time with people in a local area and do politics is not the ballot box. No. Politics is who lives next door to you and what's happening down the street. Politics isn't fucking Westminster. Mm. Westminster can be a reflection of what's happening in wider people's lives. And that that's where we should start. That's where you improve and rebuild the movement is outside Westminster. Yeah. And it, the reason we failed is because bizarrely, uh, a Labour Party led by this guy who's been part of movements all of his life. Yeah, he built a movement, but he didn't build enough of one. Mm-hmm. So let's just sort it out. Come on, lads. We can do this. We honk him. We honk him, baby. Do you think that Corbynism is dead? It's not Corbynism. There is no such thing as Corbynism. There is socialism, 